0: The University of Maine got me to be curious, to be able to talk with strangers, to really appreciate what they were interested in, and to really become quite friendly with them.
1: I think also it it taught both of us to be interested in a lot of different things. We both had a liberal arts education, which led us to be interested in history and in uh, writing, in science, and we had excellent teachers. We just loved that.
2: Alan and Sally Fernald, UMaine class of 54 and 55 respectively, talking about their education and how it set them up for a rich and varied life and career, most notably as the owners and publishers of Down East Magazine. I'm Ron Lesnette, and this is The Main Question podcast. The University of Maine has many noteworthy alums who stay involved with their alma mater and give in a variety of ways. But it's hard to think of anyone who has been more associated with UMaine than Alan and Sally Furnell, donating to various capital campaigns, sponsoring art galleries and poetry readings, attending events, leading alumni groups and fundraising drives. They've also been involved in the work of Habib Dagger and the Advanced Structures and Composites Center on developing Maine's offshore wind energy capacity. All three of their children attended UMaine as undergraduates or graduate students. As they hit their late 80s and enter their 90s, they're still active and involved. The university, of course, has changed with the times since their graduations in the mid-50s. It's now a major public research institution that educates young people and addresses the needs of our time. Since taking ownership of Down East Magazine in 1977, the Fernalds have seen those changes mirrored in Maine and in the publishing world. Downey's Magazine evolved from a publication that basically promoted Maine as a tourist destination to one that reflected real life in Maine and dealt with its bright spots and its challenges, while still celebrating the state's beauty and traditions. The Fernalds have been uniquely positioned to observe how Maine has changed and how the university has grown. In today's episode of The Maine Question, we step outside some of our usual topics that document UMaine's research and creative achievement and the people who do it, and visit with Alan and Sally Furnell as they reflect on a life lived in Maine and staying connected to the University of Maine. Well, Alan and Sally, I want to thank you so much for uh, taking a little time to, to share your stories with us. Maybe take us back, let's start here, take us back to where you grew up and when you came to the University of Maine, what was your major How did you decide to come and uh, attend college at the University of Maine, Alan? Maybe let's start with you.
0: Well, I grew up in Haverhill, Massachusetts. Graduated from Haverhill High School, and uh, applied to the University of Maine, where my brother and his wife—he was a uh, vet—were living. Uh, But University of Maine had been in my family's. Background: Because my dad was in the paper business, and a friend of his, he didn't go to college, but a friend of his was very active at Orono, and was in the same business, paper business, and invited my father and uh, as they as two couples uh, got together, and he had been up to the University of Maine, and. Uh, My brother was already there. I never looked anywhere else.
2: What was your major?
0: I majored in psychology, but I also had a minor in history.
2: Sally, how about you? Where did you uh, come from before you came to UMaine, and what was your major?
1: I grew up in Southwest Harbor. I was one of the oldest of five girls, and I uh, thought that I wanted to be a journalist. And I looked up to see what would be a good journalist school. And I think it was the University of Michigan. So I said to my dad, I you know, I think I'd like to go to the, Michigan, to the University of Michigan and study to be a journalist. And he said, I can only afford to send you to a local school. And I said, oh, okay, it I, I really wasn't, it was like a half formed, Teenage idea. I knew I wanted to go to college. I wanted to spread my wings and know more about the world. A Southwest Harbor is what a wonderful place to grow up. Uh, but I was ready for a university. And so uh, I applied and was accepted.
2: Here we are all these years later. Now, can you tell us how you both met? Uh. <laughs>
0: Well, let me say that. the version of the story?
2: (laughs) My version.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) My freshman year, I never had a date because (laughs) the campus was loaded with with, uh, veterans who had a stipend, Buick convertibles, handsome physiognomy because of all their training. And every time I'd ask a girl for a date, She'd say, oh, that's awfully nice, Alan, but Captain so-and-so with his Buick convertible is taking me to to Bar Harbor for lobster. So that was that. (laughs) So my sophomore year, I had pledged to a fraternity. I came back a week early to help open the fraternity house, and I went to the freshman dance mixer. I shouldn't have been there. And partway through the evening, I spied this girl and I started across the floor to ask her to dance. And somebody got there first. It happened twice more. And they played last dance of the evening. And I said to myself, I don't know why, but I want to dance with that girl. And I went over the floor and she was dancing with somebody she knew and was very happy. Tapped him on the shoulder and said, cutting in and that was the first of it and now here we are in in our dotage <laughs> and we've been ever since
2: wow that's great you over the years have uh stayed involved with the university in in a, in a number of ways maybe you can talk a little bit about why why is that and what has kept you involved with with umane uh, ever since that uh, well even before that freshman dance
0: well i had a uh a good relationship with a number of professors and stayed in touch occasionally. And when we uh, came to Maine, which we did every year on vacation, uh, I would get in touch with some of them.
1: Well, we also were very active. We weren't as active when we were lived, lived out of state, but when we moved back to Maine in 1977, uh, we both became very interested in the university. Our children, uh, uh, Melissa and Tom, both went to the university as undergraduates. Bob did his graduate work in at the University of Maine. Arthur Johnson was the president when our daughter went. And this is just one kind story. And he had had a daughter also named Melissa that died. He was a wonderful man. We, we became friends. I just think that anyone who knew him would admire him and want him for a friend. And we met so many people, the university people to us at least, since we were potential donors, of course, but they also were kind and friendly and interesting, and it was fun to be with them. Well, that one that of wasn't the only reason we gave to the university. Yeah,
0: but we, one of the... Um reconnections was as an alumni, when they were doing fundraising, they would call on alumni uh, to have teams in various states. And the first team that I got on, we were living in New Jersey. Oh, I didn't know, I forgot. And then fundraising, and then they nicked me again when we moved to Connecticut. And when we came back to Maine, of course I was hooked. <laughs> so that that was the first of getting reinvolved. but I reconnected with a number of my friends who were professors still there. One thing led to another and I'd start being on committees and working on fundraising and just attending events up there. When they brought the opera, or when they uh, or the had
1: concerts or special concerts. The plays that they put on. We had season tickets to the,
2: the plays. Right. Certainly the University of Maine has had to grow and change and stay relevant in terms of how it goes about its business. Uh, entrepreneurship and, and R&D and all those things are, are really sort of at the forefront now. You got involved with Downey's Magazine in 1977. Can you just talk about changing, adapting to new times, new new things going on since you took over the magazine? Has that been something that's been important to you to, to keep it relevant and current?
0: At that time, when we bought it, Down East was published 10 times a year. It could only have one folio in the whole magazine that was in four color. The First thing we did was up it to 12 times a year, first 11 and then 12. And we did that over a two-year period. And the customers were happy. They saw it more. And, of course, they paid more. And it went on and also changed its editorial. We moved from being really kind of down home to being a more profess- professional magazine. It had excellent writers. And the technical production of the magazine was upgraded. We went to a different printer. We could get four color throughout. Uh, uh, The shipping to individual customers was more reliable and done right at the printers. So uh, those things all added together. And in the meantime, we started other magazines to put it put into the stable.
2: Now, one feature of Down East Magazine, of course, is the beautiful photography and the feel of the paper. You mentioned paper in terms of folks that you were involved with here at the university, and of course, the uh, Pulp and Paper Foundation and chemical engineering and the forestry industry, and papermaking is a, a big aspect of what goes on here. Can you sort of speak to that in terms of looking for that quality that Maine is known for and that, you know, the paper that was important to your magazine?
0: the ability to have color throughout was a major move. One of the first places that we uh, changed to was the paper mill in Bucksport, which also uh, did the paper for National Geographic. And you know what the quality of that is. Sure. Of course, that mill is gone. Technology has moved away from Th- their style.
2: The story of the state of Maine and the culture of Maine and, and everything that, that goes on here, is that what you try to portray in the magazine?
0: It's a more, much more sophisticated magazine. You know, we don't do shipwrecks and old sailing schooners and, and that. We We like to have some feature of a person who's making a living here unusually. We obviously look at the vacation opportunities for here in Maine, which then says museums, it says mountains, it says sailing, it says fishing, it says hunting. Where to stay and And, 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 where to eat. Yeah, and we've expanded from just selling magazines to selling Maine adventures go out with a Down East photographer and spend three days with a Down East photographer in a, in a small town you never heard of or on an island or uh, sailboat races. I mean, they are activities for them to come here and participate in more than just being a viewer of Maine. The, uh,
1: people say to me, and uh, I love your magazine because it's always the same. But if you looked at the magazine, <laughs> you would they wouldn't like it if it had stayed always the same. It gets too
0: boring, right? right? Well, technology also enables right. us to do things. When, when we bought the company, every subscriber was on a three by five card (laughs) with the names of their children or their grandmother or where they like to stay. Well, I brought in the first PDP 35 computer, which (laughs) was on big disks. And that was so different. You know, they used to call up and a girl out there in a card file would say, oh yes, Mrs. Jones, how's your husband? We Personal can't service. do that
2: anymore. We've, we've talked about, you know, being um, adaptable to changing times, but you have to have that base. So can you talk about how your humane education prepared you to go into this business and ride all the changes and stay ahead of the curve a little bit? Did, did that help you uh, do the things you needed to do?
0: It helped me a great deal, but much of that was my career before DownEast. Uh when, you know, I went on and worked in New York in several publishing companies, and uh, got my master's degree. and uh, ended up at uh, CBS in their book operation. And I did college textbooks uh, across the country and internationally. And that was an exciting business. I traveled a lot. I've been on many campuses. And the University of Maine got me to be curious, to be able to talk with strangers, to really appreciate what they were interested in, and to really become quite friendly with them.
1: I think also it it taught both of us to be interested in a lot of different things. We both had a liberal arts education, which led us to be interested in history and in uh, writing, uh, in science, in uh, and we had excellent teachers. We just we just loved that. And I I just loved it. I shouldn't speak for Alan, but I know he did. Also, both of us. Even though Alan wasn't brought up in Maine, he became a convert. Uh, he, <laughs> he really, uh, we both really loved Maine. So stories about Maine were very interesting to us as well as to our readers.
2: You mentioned your children went here and, and you, you've been involved over the years in, in many different ways with the university. Why is that? Why do you believe in what UMaine is all about and and continue to stay involved and and donate money and and, and, and also your time?
0: A good part of my career was publishing college textbooks. I was on a number of campuses. Having been so close to the university as we aged, uh, university really almost was like you know, checking with my great uncle about some things that I was trying to do with high-tech publishing in New York.
1: As students, we heard Robert Frost read his poetry to one of our classes. That's that intimacy, but the university has many strengths that they didn't have when we were there. Interest in the environment is overwhelming uh, at the university. The, the uh, Arctic studies are outstanding. Uh, Habib's lab is breathtaking. <laughs> breathtaking. It's just so remarkable. For our purposes and for our times, it was a re- uh, revelation. We really walked in and thought, wow, th- this is the big time. And, and this is where we can learn uh, what we need to
0: know. It developed also because we remained attached to people we knew. Right. I worked with, I think, five different presidents over the years. There were various parts of the university that I remained particularly close to. Habib dagger for example.
2: You folks are an inspiration for everything you've done with your magazine and, and for the university. And... Uh, We thank you so much for sharing some of those stories with us and uh, continued good luck on on everything you do. It's been our pleasure.
0: It's good to look back on it and think of the number of people who have helped us along the way, supported us, taught us, uh, covered up our mistakes. (laughs) Right.
2: Thanks for joining us as always. You can find the Main Question podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and SoundCloud, as well as UMaine's Facebook, Twitter and YouTube pages. We're also on Amazon and Audible. Drop us a note if you have questions or comments at mainquestion@main.edu. This is Ron Lusnet. We'll catch you next time on the Main Question.